Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Recorded live. Okay, praise God. Well, we've got a lot of questions again, so we'll just go ahead and get uh, right into it after. Um, let me think. Oh, dear, what have you bought? Um, I'm trying to think if we finished all the ones in 8-2. I think we did. We're going to start at 9-1 in my folder. Okay, so... Um, let's see, Deborah Collier, would you mind opening us up in prayer, please? Certainly. Father God, we thank you, we praise you, we give you the glory. We bless your holy name, Father. We thank you for this day, this wonderful and magnificent day, Father God. We thank you for all the women on this call, Father God, and we thank you for our leader, um, Pastor Hayden, Father God, we pray that you reveal yourself in a way that we've never seen before. We pray that any questions that we have, Father God, that they're answered. If we need encouragement, Father God, that we'll be encouraged. And that if we get anything that we need, Father God, that 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 you can provide, Father God, on this call that we will get, Father God. Father God, we just thank you for this time and. We just thank you for just being in our, our lives and in our midst as we come together, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, before we get started, um, I just want to compliment you guys. You're doing amazing. I see the assignments coming in. And I think it's funny. I always think it's going at a really good pace. And I think, wow, they're really on top of it. And everybody's doing their assignments. And then all of a sudden, I, at the end of the month, I'll get a, a slam <laughs> with a whole bunch of assignments. But, hey, they're coming in. So that's what's important. And you guys are doing amazing. And um, I, I think I tend to read the essays more than watch the uploads. Cause, and I'm trying to read them, like, as they come in, if that's at all possible. Because they only take a few minutes to read. It doesn't take that, you know. Um, but the the uploads, I, I tend to put in the folder and keep saying, well, I'm going to get to it. But I've been, like, swamped. It's really busy. But you guys are doing amazing, and I'm really proud of you. And I hope to see a lot of you at the graduation that's it's like a family reunion. I'm just I'm really looking forward to the graduation. It's gonna be a lot of fun and we're gonna go deeper into prophetic dance and do the streamers and all that. But um I want y'all to start thinking about you don't have to say anything, you don't have to write it in, you don't have to talk about it, but just start, you know, praying about and thinking about those of you going on to level two, um, if you would still want to be the AP for the new people coming into level one, let me see, no, wait a minute. Um, the people who are level two are going on to be alumni. So those of you who are going on to be alumni, if you want to still keep the same um, mentee, you know, the level one student who's getting ready to go into level two next year. So be thinking about that. And those of you who 
are in level one, um, you know, be thinking if you still want to be with the same mentee you've had and be thinking about taking on, you know, a mentee who's coming into level one. So those of you who are in level one going on to level two, <clears throat> be praying about um, the possibility of being an AP for somebody who's coming in brand new in level one. So um, anyway, just be praying about that and thinking about that. I put a shout out to um, Raina um, to see if she still wanted to be the AP manager this year. And we're going to start getting it together earlier so that the APs can connect a lot earlier, getting people started and helping them out, you know, knowing what to do and all that, you know, before it actually starts. That that might just make it more smooth for people. At least the basic fundamentals of looking at the instructions or, um, you know, being familiar with Facebook. And because they, they, at this point, they're not getting the actual Facebook level one, well, and the new level two. Nobody's getting the actual page until um, January 10th or thereabouts. So, um, but there are many things that the APs can help with before that. So, anyway, I just wanted to kind of put it out there and let you all think about that. And, um, <clears throat> okay, so let's go ahead and get started with the chat questions because we've got quite a few. I'm sorry I wigged out a, a couple minutes early last week. I was so exhausted from teaching that conference all weekend. I don't know what I was thinking having the phone chat right after a conference. <laughs> Like I could barely keep my eyes open at quarter to nine, you know. So I said, "I'm sorry, I've got to go to sleep." <laughs> so, um, but I feel pretty good today. So we'll, um, you know, I think we'll be able to go till nine o'clock. <laughs> I couldn't keep my eyes open this last few, last few questions last week. I had to go to sleep. Um, conference, you know, takes a lot out of me and everything. So, um, but I love it anyway. All right. Oh, and next week, no chat. Um, because I'll be North Dakota. So y'all remember me in prayer for that, please. Um, I'm just really, really excited about it. I have a high anticipation for God's presence to be powerful in that, to move powerfully. I'm just, I mean, I've been in prayer about it for quite some time, and um, the Friday night activations, I mean, I just, I keep seeing it. It's, I, I see this, like, tangible presence, tangible uh, presence of God, and I'm just really excited about what he's going to do there. So just um, keep me in prayer about that. I'm really excited about it. And more registrations are coming in for um, Atlanta Conference. So I'm looking forward to that um, shortly after North Dakota. So hope to see uh, several of you there. Um, oh, and <clears throat> I'm not necessarily to you who are specifically on the line, but, you know, this is just recorded, and a lot of people are going back to hear it. Um, just keep in mind that, you know, for level one, one of the requirements is to come to one conference during your school year. And in level two, you're required to come to two conferences, one of which in level two can be the graduation conference. Um, but in level one, the graduation conference doesn't count. You know, you have to come to a regular dance firm. So anyway, there's only North Dakota, Georgia. Um, I'll let West Virginia slide. Um, it's not one where I'm teaching, but, you know, I'll let it slide because there's not that many left. And then Missouri, and that's it, and then the graduation. So um, 
anyway, I just wanted to, you know, put it out there that, you know, go ahead and if you haven't met that requirement yet to go ahead and do it. And also, a new thing that I want to put in the <clears throat> the uh, student pages, and I'll probably, you know, put that in after everybody graduates, but um, once you register for a conference online and you get your confirmation um, you know, like thank you, may the blessings of God overtake you, you know, for coming to this conference. It's kind of like your seat sort of. Just you'll want to forward that to Renee so that she can mark down, you know, which conference you've been to. So this year you can just email her and let her know that, you know, which conference you went to or whatever. So um, anyway, okay, I think that's all the announcements I could think of. Um, all right, now let's get started with the chat. Um, <clears throat> anyway. This is Shaniqua Edwards' question. <clears throat> Excuse me. What does the dance team do if the CD they are dancing to begins to skip or flat out stops in the middle of their presentation? Um, how about um, Carrie, Tyre, what would you do in that situation? Even if it's never happened to you, kind of imagine what, what might be a good thing to do or some suggestions of what to do in that case. If they're on this platform and they're dancing and all of a sudden CD either skips or stops in the middle of their dance, what, what would you do? <laughs> well, um, that had never happened to me before until I went to the Landenberg conference. And um, Saturday night, um, I was doing my solo and that did happen. Um, oh, there was a little bit of... Uh, disruption in the music and I did exactly what I wasn't supposed to do. I turned around and kind of made a like a motion with my hand. Oh. <laughs> and so um, I uh, just I did wait and it was just it was a very short delay um, like second delay I guess in the dance and um, someone I heard someone say keep going. So uh -huh. I, I think that um, if that does happen, that we should probably just keep going um, mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> uh, know that the music is going to continue. I guess mm -hmm. um, I know that um, you know looking angry or impatient with the sound person is not what we want to do. We don't want to disrupt that flow of the of worship and adoration. And um, but I guess uh, the best thing would just be to keep going if the music stops or. If it, even if it skips, I guess if it's really early on in the dance, you could stop and start again. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. That's a possibility as well. But yeah. um, And then in skipping around, um, that would be kind of tough if it skipped like a forward a few to the next, to the chorus or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that would I know. be real challenge, you know, to, what would you do? I, I'm just not sure. Um, so... Um, I yeah, think that yeah. uh, someone had said keep going, so I guess mm -hmm. that's the best answer. I, I'm not sure what, what you think mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, no, that's good. You know, you must have done a really good job with that because all I remember is you doing a beautiful dance. I do not remember that you had a problem with the music, and I was in the front oh. row watching everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, all happened. I remember is that beautiful dance, so you handled it beautifully. It happened like twice, um, but then the leader of the dance ministry there who was hosting us, and I'm mm -hmm. sorry, I don't remember her name, she jumped up and began to, um, and she said something like, well, 
let's just take a moment here to, I don't know, remember, I don't remember what she said, but it was like an example of like you have, if you have a big snag with your song, then just take that moment for the dance leader to get up and begin to maybe talk about the dance ministry or uh-huh. give a testimony or something like that. I, I, I think right. she did that right. kind of jokingly, but that was something I think that we, that she did, and, and it just, it just, everybody laughed, and it really just brought a lot of brevity to the moment, and then right. it happened again, and I just kind of froze and waited, and it, uh-huh. it was just a few seconds, but yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm glad that, that you didn't remember them. <laughs> right, no, I, 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 just, I do not remember. All I remember is you're doing a beautiful dance, so praise God. <laughs> praise God, yes. Yeah. No, that's, I, I think you kind of have to play that situation by ear. You know, if it's like skip, 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 um, and it's too difficult to catch up, you know, where you are, you may have to just pause and nod gently to the sound person for them to start over. But if it's just a little slip or something, you probably are able to, if you keep going, your dance will probably catch up with the music or vice versa. And then it might be just a brief second where you have to catch your step and, and catch up with the music or something. So it just, it really depends on, you know, the kind of a skip or the kind of stop. But you, I think you just have to kind of play it by ear and see how it, how it is. And um, I was at a concert one time where somebody just sang the rest of the song as she was dancing, and it was so anointed. Oh, my gosh. I mean, little did I know that she was, I don't know if you've seen lately at my conferences, I saw that CD from Jasmine. Um, it's kind of a yellow, orangey colored CD. And um, she, she was telling me, she emailed me one time and told me about her CD. And, and um, I, I don't know how we got on the subject, but I mentioned that situation. I said, you know, a few years ago, Somebody sang when their music stopped. It was in Massachusetts, I think. She goes, oh, that was me. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, but it was so, so anointed. She just began to sing as she was dancing. I mean, the hairs were standing up on our arms. I mean, it was so anointed. But anyway, so, yeah, you want to just kind of play it by ear. But thank you. That was good. Um, and this is Lisa Marshall's question. Has anyone ever used musical instruments a dance, maybe. Has anyone ever used musical instruments, maybe in a dance? Is probably what she's trying to say. If so, how hard was it getting the team to learn while using them? Um, has anybody done that? How about um, Regina Patterson King? You probably use tambourines, right? Maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, um- one of our groups um, uses tambourines actually a lot. I actually don't use them because I have a hard time keeping the beat when we use them. <laughs> oh, okay. Because huh. they do, it does take a lot of work, and it has to some, be somebody that coordinated with the keeping the beat of the music and doing the choreography. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's but hard. That's, that's all we've ever used is the tambourines. Uh-huh. Yeah, because she's asking, so if so, how hard was it getting the team to learn while using them, um, did it take a long time for the team to kind of get it, you know, to get yeah, the like timing? I, yeah, because for some people, like I said, I'm one of those people that I have a hard time with it. 
um, mm-hmm. people that can um, move and keep the beat of the tamarines. It's really great, mm-hmm. but it does mm-hmm. it take a lot of work. Some people it's natural, and mm-hmm. some people you have to really work with. <laughs> right, yeah. So it takes It's not work. as easy as it looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can understand that. Um, okay. <laughs> this is, yes, go right ahead. Well, I just want to say this is Carrie Tire. I've seen um, gym base used um, kind of strapped around the neck. Oh, and, wow. and dance, and it looked really cool. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of that. It, it, it looked like it was um, a lot of fun, and it really added to the dance. Uh-huh. Wow. Has anybody ever seen those, um, oh, what, the, what are they called? They're those sticks. Um, uh, I can't think of the name of the sticks right now. Um, it escapes me. <sighs> Has anybody ever seen anybody dance with those sticks before? You know, it's like they, they beat the ground and then they flip it up and they hold it and bend side side and maybe tap tap or whatever. You know, it's really interesting. Um, has anybody ever seen that? No, well, um, no, I, I did. I've seen maracas too. Maracas, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. I I learned um, castanets when I took Spanish dancing when I was like 19. <laughs> so that was always fun because you're wearing these heels and you do the taps with your shoes and, and you got the castanets in your hands and so you're keeping time with the clicking of the castanets and the tapping of your heels. It's um it's really, that was actually a little tricky, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. But um, all right. This is Amelia Manuel's question. My goal is to dance in the spirit every time I minister. Is it possible to dance in the spirit every time? Also, how do you know that you're dancing in the spirit? Can you feel a difference? Um, let's see. Oh, um, what about Rosemary? Um, maybe you could talk to speak to that. Um, she want, is it possible to dance in the spirit every time? And how do you know if you're dancing in the spirit? Can you feel a difference? You most definitely can feel a difference when you are dancing in the spirit. Mm-hmm. You can also feel a difference when you're uh, doing it as far as, um, I, I don't want to say entertainment or right. more of a performance kind of a thing. But mm-hmm. if you're really in tune with the song and and in tune with um, the direction God wants you to go with the song, mm-hmm. then you that's when you know you're ministering kind of like in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I've, I've danced before where I knew I was in the spirit, but then all of a sudden it's like it, it's like I would open up and allow the Holy Spirit to move through me in a deeper way. And it's, it's almost like, you know, you pray and you fast and, you know, you prepare and, you know, you start the dance and sometimes it's not until, I mean, yes, you're in the spirit, you know, but sometimes it's that letting, letting go and allowing the Holy Spirit to move through you, allowing the anointing to through you. And when it gets there, it's powerful. And it's like you, you just know that you know that you're in the spirit. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely feel it 
and that moment when I make that connection or allow that the anointing to flow, mm-hmm. um, that's when it really is, you know, makes a difference, and I feel it, yeah. So and, You know, I'm just going to add this. I can remember a time when I was trying to get a song together for a memorial piece mm-hmm. that I was doing, and I was mm-hmm. having such a hard time with it. And one of my dancer friends told me, she says, Rosemary, um, let's just stop and let's just pray. And then once we prayed, mm-hmm. that song ministers to so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I always, um, for years and years and years, I've always done this. Every time before I do a presentation dance, I always pray, you know, Lord, let your anointing flow through me. Let your anointing be with me. Um, let it minister. You know, I, I mean, I always pray, even if it's just like under my breath a little bit, you know, before the music starts. But I've always done that. God's been faithful. Um, anyway, this is um, Tanya Taylor's question. Besides work, can you hear me when my my voice is, I'm looking up at the screen, but the phone is down below. Can you guys still hear me? Can, can anybody still hear me when my voice is up like this? Yes. yes. Okay, good. All right, because then I don't have to keep picking up the phone or dropping my head down. <laughs> so this will work. Yeah, okay. everything, saying everything was all garbled, and I don't know what you said except for hear this. Oh, dear. Oh, maybe I do have to hold up my phone. Okay, I was I was trying to see if I could leave my phone down on the desk while I talk while reading the screen with my head up so that, you know, my voice is not was not projecting directly to the phone. But I guess I need to hold the phone up. <laughs> so okay. you need a headset. Oh, a headset. That's a good idea. And then yeah. a couple of books. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well anyway, um besides words of besides words let me start over again. Beside word of mouth referrals, would you recommend promoting one's dance ministry by offering to go to sites like churches, Christian schools, daycares, et cetera, to teach, or by inviting potential dancers to a certain location, like a library or other meeting room, home, church, if it can be approved by one's pastor or both? Um, yeah, I mean, any, any and all of that would be Wonderful. They're all great ideas. Um, I, for years, I used to go around to, you know, different churches, or I'd invite people to my church, and we had little workshops. Or, um, you know, it's, I, I've been I've danced in the library before and invited a group of people in. And um, so, yeah, that's definitely anything that that would work like that. Um, you know, anything to get the word out and gather together, um, going places and teaching little mini workshops, you know, and like a half-day workshop or something like that, you know, gathers people together. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, all those ideas are great. Um, okay, this is Abigail Hawkins' question. I have been tasked with praying about and creating a prophetic dance that will include unity in motion, getting the whole congregation involved, as well as the use of tambourines. Oh, my. We have a special prayer service coming up, and our prayer team 
has received words from the Lord about needing to really press in for unity in the body, as well as using the songs of Moses and Miriam, oh, I see, to praise the Lord. Um, has anyone done a tambourine dance that includes the congregation? And if yes, what songs did you use, and how were you able to include the congregation in the dancing? Um, has anybody done that with tambourine? Uh, Pastor Land, this is Rosemary. Uh-huh. I've done the tambourine with the dance ministry, but I attended a workshop where a lady came and with the whole entire church did a worship piece. And what she did was show us uh, three, like three or two patterns, real easy, simple patterns, and then we just did it to the song. And and, mm-hmm. and it was just wonderful to watch because everybody was just so in sync. And she stood mm-hmm. and faced us, so we had her as a guide. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's awesome. It Really, it, and the mu- music was just awesome. But I can't remember what was the name of the song that uh-huh. she used, but it, but it all went to, together very well. Wow. Oh, I thought that was awesome to see and experience. Wow. Um, my thought was that if you're up there leading, facing the congregation, using the tambourine, the people could just clap. They could do the same. It's, I mean, if they didn't have tambourines, they could just do the same motions in the same directions just using their hands, um, which would probably be powerful as well. Um, and music, I don't know. Anybody think of a song that would go with Moses and Miriam and crossing the Red Sea? Oh, honey, it's not. I think somebody needs to mute. It's the Wi-Fi. Remember you seen that? It was something. It's the Wi-Fi? Oh, dear. There, that's better. Okay, I guess it's solved. Problem solved. Um, anyway, I, I don't know what song would be good, but um, hmm, for Moses and Crossing the Red Sea and all that, um, I know slow worshipful song for that by Kimberly and Alberta Rivera, but um, you probably want something. <laughs> I'm oh boy, I don't even want to say it. I'm really showing my age, but um, um, I remember that old praise song. Um, I will sing unto the Lord, for he is triumph gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. <laughs> so I'm really showing my age. So that was like a praise song back in the 70s or 80s, I think. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, I've been a Christian a long time. Um, but so I don't know. It would be nice if she could post that on Facebook and people could pipe up and, you know, suggest uh, songs about, Miriam and all that. I have a suggestion. This is Deborah Collier. Um, when you were talking about that, I, I thought of Procession of the Levites by Richard Smallwood. Oh, huh. Oh, that'd mm-hmm. be awesome. Would you do us a favor and maybe post it on, let's see, she's level two. You can go ahead and post it on the level two page, please. That would be really helpful for her. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, all right. This is Shakara's question. For those who ever see dance ministries, do you believe that it's necessary to take a yearly sabbatical of some sort? 
Okay. Um, how, let's see. Who hasn't said anything yet? Um, um, how about how about Marcy? Do you feel that they should take some kind of sabbatical? It, ah. Hello. Wait, I am what? <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out. I hit the star, and then I hit the six, and then some line came up on my phone, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm out of some, what if I just got into something. I didn't. Never mind. Anyway, oh. um, <laughs> a oh, sabbatical as far as from the dance team, as far as personally, uh, no, which I, way? I think- I think what she's asking is like, let's say the dance team dances together and practices every week for the entire year. Do, do you think the team should take a break after, you know, of some sort, you know, some kind of sabbatical for a short time, long time, you know? When we did that, it was really hard to get the team back together mm-hmm. um, because people realized that life got in the way and they didn't have that commitment again because something else came up. So once we got the team back together again, we, you know, at the end of the year, we would have a picnic. Like we had the picnic at my house that one time with the dancers and, you know, and instead of having the dance meeting that week, we had it at my house. But we still got together so that people wouldn't, lose either interest or something else came up because that's what happened. And, uh, you know, if you're going to take a sabbatical, take the whole church and uh, take the whole team and go away for the weekend or something, you know, and Uh do something Uh else. But be together if you're going to do a sabbatical, I think. That's a great idea. Um, You know, I think a lot of people are quite divided on that thought. You know, there's half the people say that, yes, a, a break is definitely needed and, it, you know, you come back refreshed and renewed. And the other half of the people usually say, no, no, just keep going or else you lose momentum. So it's really, you kind of have to go with what y'all feel as a consensus, you know, and and maybe get commitments from them before they take the break or something say, and put a date of, okay, this is our start date. This is where we're going to come back on such and such a day or something like that. But I like that idea of, you know, taking the little mini vacation together. That's that's a fun idea. Um, but, yeah, I would say for the, for the other half of the people who feel it's important to take a break, um, plan your comeback before you actually break. Um, so... You know, like I said, set the date. You know, make it make it like it, this is going to be a fun. Um, you know, first come back. You know, bring some friends with you, and we're going to you know get a fresh start. Lord's already started giving me choreography, and you know whatever. So I would um, you know try to prepare them for the comeback before they actually break. Um, but uh, anyway, so it's it's completely divided. I think. You know, I I could take a survey for 100 people and 50 probably would say take a break and 50 would say, no, don't stop. (laughs) So 
Um, it's just really how you feel led, you know, of the Lord with your team, you know, after prayer and, and seeking him on that. <clears throat> um, all right. This is Diane Gallup's question. Um, if one of your dance team members stops attending church for a lengthy amount of time, let's say three to five months, should you still allow them to be on the team? Would you make them wait any amount of time to come back to the team? Um, how about Jennifer Body? Are you still with us? Maybe you could speak to that for us, please. Hi. Um, yes, I, um, I, I, I would require them to, uh, you know, some sort of a, a reacclimation period. Mm-hmm. As I, uh, you know, as as I understand the church bylaws, you know, anybody that has not been actively participating um, in church for three months or more, you usually do have to wait before you can join any sort of ministry team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. I think a yeah. a good thing to do would you know kind of be to inquire you know um, what's going on with the person during that time period you know if mm-hmm. possible in order to maybe you know facilitate it not going so far mm-hmm. you know the length of time but yeah if it, if it actually went on for you know three three months five months I I would um, require some sort of uh you know waiting period and um reacclimation because i feel like if we're if we're if we're not actively engaged in church and, and the word what are we dancing about you know what what i mean what's the point of dancing mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah no that's good um is, would anybody else like to share about that um Wait, before you do, let me ask, um, it looks like we have a few more people that came on the line since, has anybody not said hello yet? Um, I know it might take you a second to unmute, but is that Dana on the line? Dana, are you on the call? I see in East Hi, Louisiana. Yeah, I'm is on that, the call. Just to uh-huh. let you know I'm here. Oh, okay. Awesome. Welcome to the call. And let's see, it looks like there's a another New York, maybe. Hi, Pastor Lynn, Lisa Normandia. Oh, hi, Lisa. Oh, good. Welcome to the call. Let's see, where's, where are you? Oh, you're only in level one. You're thinking you're level two. Okay. So, I, I do that often. I'll put people in the wrong folders. I'll think somebody's in level one when they're really in level two. But anyway, um, anybody else that hasn't said hello yet? Mary Kiyoko, Georgia. Oh, Mary. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, good. Good to hear your voice. Um, I've been enjoying some of your uploads. The joy of the Lord is all over you. <laughs> like, thank I, you. you got the best name for your personality. It's like, oh, thank cool. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mary. <laughs> yes, I am. Mary. Praise God. <laughs> um, Amen. Would anybody else like to share about if you should take a break? Uh, no, 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 not that one. Um, if somebody has taken a break from the church, 
um, for like three to five months? Would you still allow them to be on the team or would you make them wait any amount of time to come back to the team or what kind of strategy or plan should be in place? Um, would anybody else like to share about that? Pastor Lynn, can I share? Yes, please. Um, with me, I'm saying, if you know, let's say, for example, somebody got sick and you know exactly why they were out for that a long time, maybe mm-hmm. they were sick, they was on operation, or mm-hmm. like me, sometimes I get out of the country for two, three months. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know exactly what was going on with them, if they are ready mm-hmm. to share, then when they come, then you are in the same page. Especially even when I'm in Africa, I usually communicate with those who are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if I know one of my children, usually go for vacation for Kenya for all summer, so I know they are out of the country. So wow. when they come back, I don't sit them down. Or I don't tell them, oh, no, you have to stay another five, because mine is my five weeks. You have to be in the... You have to come for five Fridays before you can minister. Then we can reinstate you again. You go through all the questioning. And we have a little ritual that we do to initiate your children back. But uh, if you just decide to get off, no, no communication. We don't know where you are. You are not communicating with anybody. We don't know whether you quit church, whether you backslid. So when you come back, for sure, um, you will have to sit down. Maybe I will allow you to, to come to the ministry until I know what's going on. I will sit down with you, know what's going on with you, and if it, you tell me personal, then it will be personal. You have to wait until um, until the five weeks or until whenever I feel that you are ready. Actually, I just told them on Friday that I will not accept um, so-and-so is not able to come today. That's not an excuse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and so is because parents we have a blog on WhatsApp where parents will text yeah. or the children will text and say no. so and so is not able to come. To me that's not an excuse. If it's a real true an excuse, inbox me that is personal and tell me it's Kyoko, that's the way they come. Um we have this and this and this in the family or so and so is not feeling good or whatever it is. Inbox me so that they can know it was a legitimate uh, it's a legitimate excuse. It's not that you just decided today, oh, no, we are going out for pizza. We are not coming for this because that's not a commitment. You have six days in a week that you could have gone to do other things. So right. that is me. <laughs> and yeah. that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on. This is Carrie Tyre's question. Can anyone recommend good brands for dance footwear? It is best to stick with name brands such as, is it good to stick with name brands such as Capizio or Block? Rock. I've ordered online from a dancewear company that was inexpensive, but the shoes do not fit correctly, even though I followed the guidelines for choosing my size. Uh-oh, somebody might need to mute. Um, I had to pay to ship them back. Are there online dance are there online dancewear supply stores that have prepaid return shipping? The prices at the local dancewear store seem expensive, but it's nice to be able to try on the shoes before buying them. Um, let's see. Who can we talk to that hasn't said much? Um, 
let's see. Uh, has anybody had, can anybody share your experience with dance shoes? Oh, how about Lisa Normandia? Um, what is your experience with buying like ballet shoes? Do you get them at a store or do you order them online and like which brand or whatever? Um, I have ordered uh, Capizio in the past. Lately, mm-hmm. I've been ordering Block. Mm-hmm. So that's what I usually order. But I notice there's a difference in size between the both of them. Yeah. So usually what happens is if I get a size that let's say is a little too big, I'll keep it because I usually tend to bless someone with mm-hmm. with shoes or something. So whatever I usually get, I always hold on to it. Then I'll either purchase mm-hmm. a smaller size or a larger size, and I usually, you know, I'll keep the yellow ones and I just bless someone else with the shoes mm-hmm. that you know that might fit. Or I'll just hold on to it until the future, until someone you know actually mm-hmm. fits in the shoes, but. I lately I've been ordering the block, the, the split toe, you know, the split, the split heel. Mhm. That's what I yeah, order. Split sole, yeah, no, those yeah, are great. Yeah, the split sole. Uh huh. Yeah. That's um. You know, I get things from um. I used to get Capizio all the time, but lately because I work with body wrappers, um, <laughs> excuse me, I actually got some shoes through body wrappers, and um, they're split sole. They're canvas, and they're kind of a stretchy kind of canvas material. I absolutely love them because um, I have really wide feet. It's so hard for me to even wear ballet shoes at all. Um, I mean, even, I mean, it's hard for me to wear tennis shoes, any kind of closed-toed shoe, but I have a tough time. It's just my feet bother me. But um, these particular shoes from the body wrappers, like, I don't know if they actually manufacture them, but they sell them, I guess. Um, they're split sole, kind of like Capizio or whatever, and they're stretchy. I mean, it's not extremely stretchy, but, I mean, the canvas material kind of stretches. I love them. They're, just, they're the only ballet shoes that I can wear that I really like. Um, <clears throat> but now, body wrappers themselves doesn't have an actual store. So, you know, I think I go to, like... Um, I've I've gone to Discount Dance Fair Supply and gotten leotards and things before. So a lot of those big-name companies carry, um, they all carry the same brands and things. Um, so I, I, I usually use Discount Dance where just Discount Dance Supply, I think. It's like one of the first ones that pop up and like plug in black leotard or something, you know, it's it's like it, they have a lot of stuff and they're pretty quick on their shipping. I don't know of any companies that have what their return policy is. I certainly can't remember. Um, but um, I don't know how much different they are in price um, at an actual store. Um, I, I guess you can save on shipping by going to a store um, and at least you can try them on, which is kind of nice. But um, I usually, you know, go by my shoe size, and it usually does okay for me. But um, anyway, I don't know if that helps any. Um, anybody else want to share about shoes or your experience buying them or anything? All right. Well, speaking of Lisa, this is Lisa's question. Um, can God call someone to be a solo soloist dance minister and not have a dance team or be part of one? 
I heard someone say that she is a soloist. If so, how do you know that God called you to be a soloist? Um, how about Dana? We haven't heard from you tonight. Would you like to talk, speak to that, please? Um, you know, how do you know if you're called to be a soloist or not? Uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually, um, been blessed to actually experience both. Um, when the Lord first called me, um, I I did a lot of ministry just as a soloist. Um, and then there was a period of time when he allowed me to be on a team. So I've experienced both of them. Um, I guess, how do you know that the Lord has called you to be a soloist? Well, I guess the same way that you would know that he called you to the ministry of dance. Mm -hmm. He would, um, for me, well, I guess just different ways. I mean, he could speak to you through um, another person. Maybe he may confirm that. You might, you know, get a sense in your spirit that mm-hmm. he wants you to do a particular dance. Mm-hmm. And as you're praying about the dance, you only see yourself dancing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he may uh, bring to you a piece of music and you, for you to dance off and you're like, okay, and, you know, you're praying and seeking a lot. And as you're praying, again, he may only give you the choreography for one person, which right. mm-hmm. may be you. Mm-hmm. Just really just seek the Lord. I think he would just really speak clearly and directly to your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there would be any confusion in it. And, and it may even be sometimes that he may call you to minister solo for some things and then other times with your group. I'm not sure if the person who asked this question, if they're in a group already, but um, that may occur. I know... Um, the first group that I was in, while I was in that group, the Lord actually told me not to dance as a soloist while I was with this particular group in this particular class. But then after that, when I was in another group, I had the liberty, you know, to do that. So, But I just knew. It was just in my spirit. Like, he just spoke to me in my spirit, and I just knew I had a sense that no one really had to tell me. I just sensed he was saying, okay, now... You're at this point, you know, in in your life or in your ministry. I need you to do this. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, sure. um, if you if you really feel like you're just really confused about it, maybe get a friend, like a prayer partner, to pray with you, mm-hmm. to pray it through and seeking mm-hmm. a Lord. You know, if He would want you to to just minister as a soloist, or if mm-hmm. you need to be on a team, or Sometimes solo, sometimes team, you know. So just pray through it. The Lord, he'll show you. He'll speak to you. He'll make it very, very plain to you. That's right. Yeah, and logistically, if you're the only dancer in the whole church, you might have to dance solo for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Just practically speaking. (laughs) So, no, but that's, yeah, excellent answer. That's good. Um, All right, this is uh, Patrice Witherspoon-Dyer's question. I have seen most artistic worship done to slow music. Can it be done to praise music with an upbeat tempo? Um, I don't see why not. It would look totally different. 
Um, probably couldn't do billows, although I suppose you could force the billows to go up and down quickly and, you know, maybe make sharper movements with them and things like that. So I don't see why not. I don't think I'd want to try it at a conference, but, you know, maybe at your own church if they're doing, you know, three praise songs or something like that and you want to do your artistic worship to the the praise portion, I don't see why not. You could give it a try and see what happens. But um, I I think I choose the slow music um, because I want people to get in an attitude of worship when they come to the conference and, you know, enter into that, you know, that attitude of worship. And also in that, using the billow cloths, they seem to flow nicer when it's slow music. Um, you know, we're already coming in from the busyness of getting ready to come to a conference. And so we don't necessarily need more busy songs, you know. I mean, sure, at churches they oftentimes will play praise music as a transition into the worship and, and all, but I like I like to, um, you know, have us come into that atmosphere of worship and um, kind of leave the world behind us, you know, close the door behind us, so to speak. Um, but I don't see why you couldn't try it, see what happens, you know. But I know the Lord, you know, laid it on my heart and impressed upon me to do it, you know, to worship full, slower kind of music for the most part. Um, but that doesn't mean that the Lord might lead you a different way, you know, to try it with praise music. Usually at church, like, you know, for the praise songs, we use, like, flags and we do more jumpy, clappy kind of dancing, and it's usually more free free praise or, you know, I've seen places where it's follow the leader, almost like an aerobics class, you know. But, um, but to do the patterns of artistic worship, I guess you could try. I don't know. I don't know what that would look like. <laughs> so it'd be interesting. Um, all right. This is Lenora Ray's question. Pastor, Pastor Lynn, yeah. this, is, yeah. this is Chandra Cherry, just calling let you know that I made it in. On a call. Oh, hi. Welcome to the call. Good to hear your voice. All right. I'm down right here. All right. Um, anybody else uh, joined the call since then? I think I think I've got everybody so far. Okay, um, this is Lenora Bray's question. Okay, some of the flags I've seen have sayings or just one word like holy. I would love to learn how to write on them, but do not know how. Can anyone give some ideas? That is totally out of my realm of understanding. Does anybody know how to put, you know, like words on, on flags and things like that? Is anybody familiar with that? We had a lady in our church <clears throat> made flags, and what she used was material paint that had glitter on it, and oh, she okay. with it. I mean, she 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 knew how to write with it, and it was you know part of it was calligraphy, part of it was not, and you just get this acrylic paint for material for clothes. And just do oh. that. Design mm-hmm. on it what you want. The other thing she did was we actually cut out material mm-hmm. and 
when the paint was drying, put the material, the letters, on the flag itself, mm-hmm. and then when it, everything dried, it glued itself together, and mm-hmm. we used them, and they were beautiful. I mean, if, if oh. you, the easy way, just use the acrylic paint. They come in little bottles. You squeeze them, and then you just draw the letter on there. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, my like if it were me, I would have to use some kind of stencil. <laughs> my, my handwriting, it would start wholly would start up in the corner and it end up being down on the diagonal or something. I mean, I just got the worst handwriting. But um, yeah, that would be that'd be pretty simple. I would presume that you get the paint like at Hobby Lobby or you know one of those craft type places, Michaels or something. Um, Probably. Also, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there'd be some kind of tutorial online uh, in YouTube. You know, I bet you if you plugged in a search into YouTube, um, painting on silk or painting on flags or, you know, something like that, I bet you there'd be some kind of a tutorial. Um, They've got everything on YouTube. All right. This is... um, Excuse me, Pastor Lynn. It sounds a lot like uh, silk screening, too. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like that process. I mean, like, I haven't seen it, but it sounds something like that process. So that's uh-huh. a process. Yeah, you could do silk screening with that. Um, I don't see why not. <coughs> There's quite a few steps to silk screening. You know, you'd have to get the screen, the special kind of screen. You'd probably have to go to an art supply store. And um, then you have to get the emulsion film, which, again, you'd have to get at the art store, and you have to get an X-Acto knife and, you know, cut out the emulsion film, and then you very, very carefully put it on the screen, and then you have to buy a squeegee, and you have to, you know, get the paint and put it in the tray, and then you, you know, squeegee a little paint on the, I mean, put a little paint on the squeegee, and then squeegee it across the, the silk screen onto the silk, and then you let that hang and dry, and then you'd have to clean the screen <laughs> and if you want another color. And then you'd have to get another stencil and you would put that stencil on top of the other one or, um, you know, just put a whole new stencil on and then clean out your paint can, put another thing of paint in and clean out the squeegee and then squeegee the second color on, on top of there. And um, then you have to hang that to dry for a day or two. Um, silk screening is a very a lengthy kind of a process, but um, and then there's something called a goco machine, and a goco machine is small, but it's it's a little easier process. And I'm not exactly sure how the process works, but I kind of grew up with that. My mom was a, is a graphic designer, and she's an artist, and so when I was little, I used to watch her do silk screening, and we'd have hundreds of prints hanging in the basement on clothesline, you know. <laughs> so I used to watch her teach that process and everything. But, um, yeah, it's it's beautiful when, when people have the hang of it. Um, but anyway, um, this is Linda Palmer's question. Uh, I've out of pocket moving – she must be I'm – I'm out of pocket moving stuff from Oklahoma to Kansas put in storage, we'll be moving stuff to new house in the next two weekends. Okay, for question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, what percentage of Dance for Him students are in a dance team or already or are already a dance team leader? 
Okay, so I guess she wants to kind of hear from you guys. Oh, what percent? Let's see. I don't know what percentage. Um, let's see. Well, we can hear from you guys anyway. Um, let me just kind of go down. Dana, I know you've been a dance leader. Chandra, you've been a dance leader before, right? I think. Right, yes. Yeah, and then Marcy, you've been a dance leader before, right? You had a team up in your that one church, right? <laughs> I think so. She's probably unmuting. Um, she's probably is pressing star six. Meanwhile, while she's unmuting, Valicia, um, are you kind of solo, or Valicia, have you been a team leader? I've been a team leader, more in the area of a like lead choreographer. Our ministry is organized slightly different. We have like a um, we have a ministry supervisor that's assigned over us, oh, um, okay. and our, leader, our leadership roles are um, based on court as choreographers. So yes, oh. I've been a court, lead choreographer for oh, several okay. many many years. Oh, that's interesting, huh? And Deborah Collier, I have no idea. Are you a dance leader or are you on a team or? I was. I, right now I am solo. Um, I was on a team for 10 years, but right now when I moved to Pittsburgh, um, I'm a, my church currently doesn't have a ministry. So I've been set, going solo. Okay. All right. And Mary Kyoko, I know that you're the leader of a team. I've seen your your kids on the on the uploads and stuff, so I yeah. know you're a leader. And then Robin, you don't have a you're not on a team or anything yet, right? Right, I don't have a team, and um, I've never danced either. <laughs> okay. I mean, twenty some years ago, I did on oh. uh, another church that I went to. Um, oh, you, but you were on a team twenty years ago in a church. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Huh. And uh, but then when she left, you know, uh, she left the state. Her husband got a different job. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the confidence at the time to take it over or do anything with that. And uh, they still don't have a team. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. Uh, well, in God's timing. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> and Rosemary, I know you've been a leader and had a team. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and Lisa, now I think right now you're flying solo, but um, did you had a, were you a leader of a team before? Yes, I used to be a leader, but now I'm seeking a church because the uh, membership has declined so much that it's not that many members, so now I'm, I'm seeking another church. Sure, that's right. Okay. And then, Regina, you have a team. You're a leader, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. And what about Carrie? Carrie Tire, I mean, I've seen you dance by yourself, but do you have a team or are you a team leader? Um, Yes, I'm currently putting together a team, and I've been a leader at a couple of other churches. Oh, okay, awesome. Well, so Linda Palmer, to answer your question, um, based on – oh, and Jennifer, I'm sorry. Jennifer's on the call. I'm going by the level one, level two list. Jennifer, have you – and a team leader, yes. Yes, I, I've I've done both. I, I've you know worked with children, worked with adults on a team, and also danced on my own. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. 
So, Linda Palmer, to answer your question, it looks like I would say 98%. You know, if if this group that is would represent a sample of all the students, I would say it's about 98% of the people have been leaders of a team at some point. So that's um yeah, I guess we can use that as a sample, um, uh, you know, survey, if you will. So it's a good question. Um, all right, now we've got, this is Lunin Norbel's questions. Um, how can I introduce my young team members to the Holy Spirit? What would be the best approach? Oh, wow, that's a good question. How about, how about Mary Kyoko? Um, how would she introduce her young team members to the Holy Spirit? What would be a good approach? Uh, in this, I would like to ask also, is she asking how to introduce them who the Holy Spirit is? There's God, I mean, there's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, or how do they get filled with the Holy Spirit, or how to uh, well, yeah, exactly what, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what the question is. She says, um, introduce them to the Holy Spirit. How so, to introduce them to the Holy Spirit? Uh, one thing, if you are, they are Christian, I know uh, she must have taught them there is the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Introduce them uh, that when Jesus um, rose from dead and he came, I mean, and he, he appeared to his, to his disciples, he told them that, he is going up to the Father, and he is not going to leave them uh, to leave them uh, without somebody until you send them a comforter. Mm-hmm. And then on the 50th day, on the Pentecost, that's uh, when the, the Holy Spirit came, and then get all the uh, all the scriptures that support all that, and tell them exactly what happened on the Holy. I mean, on um, on the Pentecost, and that's. Till the same spirit since God does not change, it's immutable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What happened no. that time? It is still happening today. It is people who have diluted it, according to me, who have diluted it so much that we are not seeing what happened on the Pentecost. But it is still mm. has the same same power as it had when Jesus and Jesus ascended to heaven. Amen. <laughs> That's a, a good encapsulated <laughs> teaching. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. Um, here's another question from Lunin. Um, how can I verify if I did or not my books, videos, or reviews? Oh, is there a way I can personally verify? I then to forget, and I do not always have the tracking sheet with me. Yeah, you can always go back to the product page and go down to the bottom of the product description page and where all the reviews are and um, the most recent ones are at the top Um, so you just look for your name there and if your name is not there it could mean that you know I don't always keep all of them um, particularly if they you know they all sound the same or something so I don't always keep every single one or if they mention, you know, a certain number of words, like, uh, you know, 32 expressive sign words or something like that, or, you know, um, if, it, if it expresses some kind of number, um, I, I, would, I 
usually just um, send it on to Renee, and I just say no post, and she marks it down for you. So if you don't see your name there, or or if somebody doesn't really get it, you know, if the review doesn't really capture what the video is about, um, I'll send it to Renee as a no post. Um, or let's see, um, what's the other the other ones that don't? Um, or if they're really super, super, super long, um, I'll do a no post. And if they're, um, oh, what was the other thing that I usually don't keep? Um, oh, it just slipped my mind. But anyway, so if you don't see it there, it could have been a no post. Um, oh, I know. If it's a if it's a review that just it just describes what's in the video. Um, reviews are designed to tell a friend enthusiastically, you know, that you love the DVD and why you should get it, you know. But but you don't want to just say it's not a review like an essay. It's a review like like a critic would do to a movie or something. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, this DVD was amazing. There was just so many concepts. I learned so much. I've really grown in my dance ministry because of this DVD. I wish every dance team leader could have this DVD. It really helped me. Something like that. I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to say what was in the DVD because the description page says that. Um, so it, it's more about your emotion, more about your feelings about it, you know, to... So if somebody were to look at it, they would say, gee, that person really likes that DVD and got a lot out of it. I want to buy that DVD. So that's kind of what a review is all about. So, um, yeah. To find out whether or not you have written one, what I have had to do sometimes, because I do the same thing, I forget to mark off that I did a review, mm-hmm. is go out to what you needed to review and if you type one letter, like stretch and balance, if you mm-hmm. type the S, the rest of it will come up. So then I know, oh, I already did this. So then I mark where it off. Already up where, there. Do you, where do you, where are you searching? When you, go to, when you go out to the product that you're going to review and it uh-huh. gets up on the page and you have to put the title in, uh-huh. you start writing the title with the first letter Whatever you wrote that started with S will come up to whether or not whether you can you know click on that and just enter it in without continuing to type it. Uh huh. Hmm. Will be there, but you'll know whether you did it or not. Huh. So in essence, your computer remembers that you've been there. It's like a a function like if you typed in information, oh, wow. um, yeah. your your computer will retain that information. So. You know, it's kind of like um, websites that you visit often, right? Sure. You don't have to type in the whole website because, you know, the the cookie stuff, remember that you've been there. So as you begin to type it in, it'll just just naturally, you know, pull up um, the fact that you've been there. And that concept, I just didn't know you could do that for the reviews. So you could search the reviews. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what she means because it's it's happened with this is Jennifer Body. It's happened with me. Um, where I, you know, in the past, I had to go back and check to see if I had done an assignment, and then you know, once I began to type in the title, what 
I um, used as the title would actually begin to come up. So that would be an indication, yes, you have already been here. Oh, so you see it on your own computer. Like if, mm-hmm. if you type in the title of the DVD where it says, like the, the line that says write a review, and it opens up the place where you can write a review, and you start to re- put the title in there, and it pops up, that will say, oh, you've already done it. So you don't have to exactly. scroll down to a zillion of them. Exactly. Oh, Correct. Okay. Very Correct. good. Oh, that's, that's good to know. Wow. Huh. I learn something new every day. <laughs> Just didn't know that in my own website. <laughs> um, all right. And this is another question from Lenine. Uh, if I bought some e-books and videos online and I downloaded them on my computer, iPad, and cell phone, Lately, I had trouble with all three, and I had to reboot my devices. Um, now the links are expired, and I cannot download them anymore. Is there any way for me to? Okay. Um, the downloadable DVDs only will go into a desktop computer, and it says that in the download directions page which is a link inside each and every one of the DVD download description pages. So like if you were to open up the download, um, you know, like uh, you open up the download description page and then on that page it says download directions. And you click on that and then in there somewhere in those directions it says it, well, the download DVD will only go into a desktop computer. They're they're not designed. It's not an app, so it can't go into a mobile device. So it has to go into a computer because it's an M4V file. So if it if the DVD was an app, you could download it there. Um, and I know that some movies, like from Amazon or whatever, can go into iPad and iMovie. I mean, into an iPad and iPhone and all that. But this is not that kind of a file. So it has to go onto a desktop computer. And then from there, I think um, you can probably, because it's a large file, you probably have to put it like up in Dropbox or some kind of cloud storage or something and then download it from your cloud into your mobile device because um, you, you just, it's just, you can't download it into a mobile device. That's, that's all there is to it. <laughs> so I um, hope that answers that. All right. Kathleen? Yes, uh-huh. It's Valisha, just real quick. Um, Yes, the best way to view it on, like, your tablet or your phone is to, after downloading it, uploading it to, like, a cloud file Mm -hmm. or Google Drive or something, because I can watch them on my phone um, from my Google Drive, like in the video player of Google Drive. So if someone wants to view them on a tablet or a phone, they should upload it to some kind of cloud drive, and then from the cloud drive app or whatever, view the video. Yes, exactly. and this way they'll store it, and you'll never lose it because it's a place where you can store it because of the the size of it, and you won't yeah. lose it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, thank you. That was much more specific. <laughs> Good. Um, okay. It works on a laptop too, right, Pastor Lynn? Yes, a laptop is like a regular computer. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, okay. it's just a, a mobile device that that uses apps. You know, it won't work for something like that, like an iPad or an iPhone, those kind of things. So, um, 
Hi, this is Marie Gaspar's question. If a church had a vibrant dance ministry who belonged to the worship director and the director stepped down, the new pastor does not welcome the dance ministry. How would you recommend that the dance leaders approach the new pastor? I would welcome any input. Um, anybody like to, has anybody experienced that? I've, I've actually heard this before where, um, you know, the, the pastor or the worship leader really embraces the dance and they have a big dance team and all of a sudden it changes um, leadership hands uh, and the new leadership that comes in does not agree with the dance and tells them all to sit down. So how do you, how do you handle that? Um, let's see, what does she say? What would you recommend the dance leaders? How would you approach the new pastor is what she's asking. Um, Go ahead. Hi, Pastor Lance Jennifer. Did anybody else want to get that before I? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I I will recommend prayer first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Prayer for yourself and prayer for him because him or her, because Mm -hmm. in in leadership exchanging hands, what what you have to understand is that the new pastor is interested in in placing his or her um particular stamp on the ministry so oftentimes um they don't really want to sometimes i'll say sometimes they don't really want to feel like they're being pushed into something because somebody else did it Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you really have to um, let them know, you know, um, just in the way you carry yourself that you respect their authority. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it I think it boils down to that. So I think, you know, a lot of praying um, initially, like I said, for yourself. Um, and for the pastor and then, you know, ask ask the Lord for a strategy in approaching him, but sometimes we have a tendency to want to touch things in the natural first when really we need to we need to fight the battle spiritually first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Exactly. <clears throat> Would anybody else like to share as well? Okay. Yeah, that's a land. Yes, go ahead. Rosemary, I will share on that because okay. I went through three different leaderships. Wow. <laughs> and like, the first leadership was uh, totally for it. The second leadership didn't understand it. So I put a, uh, I did a PowerPoint presentation and explaining um, all the do's and don'ts and everything about it, what mm-hmm. ministry would be about, what would be the goal, um, the vision would uh, of course, I got the church's vision so that it would be aligned with what the church uh, vision was. And after I had did that, the second leadership was just so impressed, and they said, go. And wow. Then, and then the third leadership is I did the same thing, but they was they was having they didn't want to have anything to do with it at all. Oh, dear. Mm. So there was there – was, Anytime I try to arrange a meeting or anytime I try to um, discuss it or anything, it was just a closed subject. So, mm. But I look at it that even though that was closed for this minister, 
the people in the church still want to see this ministry, and they're constantly asking me to come back, to come back. And, right. and I just can't come back with the way it is right now. But um, right. But it made me go into Dancing for Him Ministries. It made um, me be to hear God telling me to start the Forever Joy Ministry. It's also starting me to become more of a solo dancer and dancing in the community. So you just never know how the Lord closes a door and right. open up another one. So um, I just know it really depends on the pastor and how willing they are to be open to it. But like I said, the second pastor, the uh, second leadership we had, was receptive after I did the PowerPoint presentation and answered any questions that he had regarding the dance ministry. Wow, that's, that's great. That's um, Yeah, that's nice. But, you know, I think most people, it's like, it's almost kind of like in sales. People say no to your great sales product because they don't understand. And when somebody has clarity of why they need this thing, then they're more likely to go for it. Um, so it, by doing that power presentation, that was an amazing thing because it educated the pastor to, you know, what praise dance is about and why, and so they're more likely to accept it if they understand it. So that's really good. Um, hmm. All right. Um, and you're right, too, that, you know, if you can't, are not allowed to dance for a season in church. Um, you never know what kind of other doors God has for you uh, or what, you know, avenues that you could explore and things like that. So um, God has it under control. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. All right. Um, this is Sister Santa's question. For students, as ministry leaders, what do some of you do to incorporate training or education and have you seen growth in your ministry because of it? Um, let's see. Who have we heard from? Um, how about Deborah Collier? We haven't heard a lot from you tonight. What about um, have you educated? Um, wait, did you say you had a team? Yeah, you said you had a team, I think. Um, I don't yeah. I was a part of a ministry um, back in New York for over 10 years, but what we did, we had um, we had a um, we had a, a dance ministry called Raise Them Up come in and on Saturdays, like once a month, to teach uh-huh. our, to teach us technique and um, dances, and then several of the students started going to the school. Um, attending the school on a on a regular basis, but we had to take we had at least twice twice during the year all all of the members of the ministry had to take a class, so um, it was mandatory that we do it to go to the next level, and it did work. Mm-hmm. It was it was awesome. It was really yeah. really awesome, mm-hmm. and we and we also. Um, we also got together with other ministries and uh, would bring, um, you know, instructors in just to do workshops. And it was great, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, y'all having um, Wendy Hagee over there was such a blessing. I mean, to have 
you know, a Christian dance class and, you know, ministering with her and all that. I mean, you guys are so, we're so blessed over there to be able to do that. I know a lot of people that have been to my conferences and or have gone through the school um, have been in Wendy's school or class. And, you know, she's she's been recommending my ballet video for years. <laughs> so and, um, she really, she really has. She she really speaks highly of your class. She's always talking very highly of your product. Wow. I, and, you know, I've never met her. <laughs> I've always wanted to meet her. So it's like one of these times I go back to New York, I want to go to her class or something, you know. So that yeah. really cool. But anyway, um, yeah, I've noticed a, a growth in the people that go through the Dancing for Him school, you know, relating to that question. Um, you know, it's not a dance team per se, but we're kind of like a team learning together. But I've seen tremendous growth and in the um, in the people who have graduated, and uh, it's just it's just been amazing to see the transformation. Okay, this is um, Lisa Marshall's chat. Um, let's see, how large would you want your dance team before you divide into smaller teams? If you need to, if the wait, what did she say? If you need to. If the church does not have the room for everyone else to dance. Okay, well, let's see. All right. How large would you want your dance team before you divide into teams? If you if you need to, if the church does not have, oh, I see. Okay. Like, okay. It's basically, she's saying if you, if how large do you have to have the team before you can divide it into teams because you ran out of room in the front, basically. Um, that happened to me. We had to rotate who was going to dance on Sundays. We had like, I don't know, 25 people on the team at that time, and we had to take turns every three weeks. Like, we divided the team up in three, and, you know, basically so-and-so team's going to dance on the first weekend, and second team's going to dance on the second weekend, third team's going to dance on the fourth weekend. Or um, another place I went, um, we divide we had at the beginning of the month kind of a sign-up sheet. Okay, who wants to dance on this particular Sunday? Who wants to dance on this particular Sunday? You know, so that way, because there just wasn't enough room. Um, so it it basically depends on how much room you have and how many people sit there. Um, you know, if there's only room for 10 people and you've got 20 on the team, then obviously you've got to, like, draw straws or, you know, ask who wants to go on a different Sunday. And, you know, you could kind of plan it out or, you know, talk about it at dance team practice. Okay, who's going to dance this Sunday? You know, okay, who's going to dance next Sunday? You know, um, we used to have like a little uh, calendar sheet and everybody's name would go on the calendar. But, you know, that can be done on, you know, your team Facebook page or there could be a spreadsheet that could go online, you know, like – uh, not Word, what is it? Um, there, there's a, a spreadsheet program that you can do up online. Google, I think. Google has um, something like that. Um, but anyway, yeah, you, you could plan it out, and it just basically depends on how big the space is and how many people actually sit. Um, okay, this is Maribel's question. Okay, how do I complete the pillar of leadership assignment? Is one every month. 
Um, that is your option. This is a level two question for those who are in level one. Um, if you want to get licensed through Dancing for Him Histories, you need to um, choose nine of the however many chapters in the Pillars of Leadership. Well, now it's a book. So those, those in level one who are going on to level two, you'll be required to get the Pillars of Leadership book. Um, and you know, if you want to be licensed through Dance for Him. And basically what you do is study nine of the chapters, nine out of however many chapters there are, and then you do an activation for each chapter, an activation that kind of relates to the, the chapter. Um, so what is she asking? Oh, so how many do you do? You have the option you could do, as long as you get all nine done and you could choose any nine chapters out of the book, um, as long as you get all nine done before graduation, you're good. So some people do it all in October because there's less assignments in October, or some people do one a month for nine months. Um, so it's, it's totally up to you how you want to pace yourself on that. Um, you won't be charged or considered late on that uh, if you decide you want to do it all in October. Um, so that's the, only, that's the only assignment in level two that you can turn in basically any time, you know, during the school year. So, um, yeah, I, I think it would be wise to do one a month so you don't have a whole bunch to do with, at the end, you know. So um, I just I want to reiterate again, um, you know, it just, it just reminded me, try to make sure that you get all of your work done early or on time or even early. Um, whatever you do, don't wait until the last minute you know, in October to hand in your assignments because everything, every single thing, absolutely everything, everything, everything has to be completely completed and in no later than midnight October 24th. If it's, if it's 12.01 October 25th, you will not get your certificate. <laughs> so I, I, there is no excuse. I don't care if you know, 10 people in your family are sick or, you know, you're, you had 10 car accidents or, you know, it's your computer died, you know, there's the dog ate your homework. There's absolutely no excuse. There's no grace after October 24th because you've had all year to do it. And most everybody has something that they're going through, you know, so, and, um, you know, people do persevere and they do make it up and they do work and press through and it can be done. So I, you know, I shared the story. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it before, but there was one girl who kept procrastinating on her assignments like every month. And then she waited until that very last day and she uploaded, she tried to upload her last three assignments or four assignments or whatever it was. Um, at like quarter to midnight. It was like a, between 11.30 and midnight, the very, very last day that it was due. And she had a computer glitch. She could not get her assignments uploaded. And um, she heard me say this all year long. <laughs> and she said she knew that she, she couldn't pass. And I hated to do that. I mean, it just, it just like turned my stomach inside out to have to do that. But we have to draw the line somewhere. And October 24th is it. <laughs> that is the line. Um, because 
you've had plenty of time to do it. So I, I just, I say this periodically throughout the year, just so you know, because between October 24th and the first weekend in November, Renee and I have to compile and calculate and do all the um, follow-up on everybody. And, you know, plus I have to print out, you know, and, and design and everything, all however many certificates there are, you know, times three, you know, because, I mean, there's level one has one certificate and level two has two certificates. And, you know, there's such a lot of certificates to create and get printed and get out there on time to get ready for the graduation conference. So there's, there's just a lot of work that needs to be done in that particular week. And so once, that, once October 24th hits, Brene and I hit the ground running to, you know, follow up on everything, make sure everybody's assignments are in and that kind of thing. So <clears throat> you still have that week to kind of prove that you sent something in, you know, if, uh, you know, if Renee says, well, we're missing this or what, you know, oh, no, 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 I sent it in here. Here's my proof or whatever. So we have that week to do that. She's checking on all the assignments. I'm doing all the certificates plus getting everything ready and all the costumes and the streamers and everything for the, for the conference. So, I mean, we've got a ton of stuff to do. So in our minds, school is over on October 24th. And then after the graduation conference, well, you know, then it's all over <laughs> until the next year. So, um, yeah, so there's no dragging on or turning in late or late fees or, you know, it's like, okay, it's done on October 24th. So I, I just had to, you know, say it one more time. And you guys, you know, I'm probably, you know, preaching to the choir. You know, you guys are doing great. You're handing your stuff in on time. You're doing very well. But those that are listening to the chat later who may not have heard this before, you know, it's real important that they know. Um, so, and um, also, y'all, level one, be thinking about um, level two. It's, um, it's, it's quite life-transforming from what I understand and from the growth that I've seen in the level two students. So uh, if you want to do the prepayment plan for your tuition, now is a good time to start in August because that gives you August, September, October, November, December, that gives you five months to, you'll be all paid up by December and ready to start school, you know, right there at the beginning of January. So um, if you're uh, planning to do the prepayment plan, I would get started right away with that and reserve your space in class. So um, sorry to take that little side road, but <laughs> I just felt like that was important. Um, I probably need to say it. Okay. Um, this is Jacqueline Robinson's question. Um, I cannot remember if this question has been asked. If you have someone on your dance team that does not want to invest in buying clothes that are required for the dance, how would you handle that? Um, she doesn't want to invest in buying the clothes that are required for the dance. How would you handle that? Um, who would like to to that. Um, how about Chandra? Um, what would you say to that if uh, somebody does not want to invest in buying the clothes that they need for the dance? Um, I will have a talk with that person, especially if everyone else is, um, you know, after prayer, 
and you know listening to God and finding out you know if there is something that you know that that person may be hiding you know that may they just can't afford it but won't say it there may be some pride there but uh, I would definitely um, pull that person to a side especially if everyone else has been contributing to um, investing in her clothing and find out what the real root of are um, not investing. It could be just a matter of that she may not have had an opportunity to just privately say that she can't afford it, right. uh, whatever the case may be. But uh, the root cause of the reason is what I would like to know. And if it's just simply just don't want to do it, then, you know, you have to enforce the rules and the guidelines that you already said you can't be if that's one of the requirements of being on the team, then you have to go ahead and force the the rules because you can't have people continuously um, doing that type of thing, uh, just not right. doing it because they don't want to. So right. Yeah. Exactly. That would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds like there's probably an underlying thing. It's not. She probably didn't not want to, she probably couldn't afford it or something, maybe was embarrassed to say that. Um, so, yeah. And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe we could, you know, the team could offer to do some fundraisers for, you know, costumes in general. Or maybe um, some costumes could be bought and left at the church. Um, well, no, because they might feel singled out or whatever, but maybe do, you know, like a fundraiser to help raise money to help that person buy the costumes or whatever. Um, some churches actually buy the cost or the team has like a, a uh, fund, if you will. They have, uh, you know, they do fundraisers and they do events and things and, you know, maybe a concert and they raise money. And so they have a special bank account just for the team and so um, I've heard of teams that will then have a seamstress who sews the garments for the church. And so the, the garments then belong to the church. And so they might, have, um, they might measure the people who are on the team currently, and, you know, that would be their particular size garment, but it would be kept in the closet at church. I mean, maybe they would have to take it home and wash it or whatever and bring it back, but it would it's the property of the church because, um, you know, the, uh, the church, not the church, but the dance team fund paid for it and the seamstress in the church sewed them. Um, so the good thing about that is that when, um, you know, a new member comes in, and maybe somebody might have left who happens to be the same size, then they can use that particular size garment that's already at the church and things like that. I mean, there's there's so many different things you can do. But um, anyway, yeah, that was good. Um, okay, let's go to... Um, this is... Um, this is Pauline's question. Three years ago, I had a meeting with our pastor. I shared my passion about dance, and then I asked him if I could set up a dance ministry in-house. His response to my question at that time was, I need to see a written plan for your vision, uh, which threw me. 
um, he wants to see basically a, a written plan of the vision. Um, <clears throat> and I, I guess what she meant was that he needs to see it and it needs to go through him before he'll okay it or something. Um, so her question is, is there a certain format for me to follow when one has to prepare a vision plan? Could you tell me how uh, should I present this plan to my shepherd? Um, <clears throat> well, I would write down what the vision is that God gave you. In other words, if you see dance in the church on Sundays um, or and or midweek service, um, you know, you see maybe practicing, getting together once a week, you know, at a certain time, you know, how long would that take? Now, the, so basically you write down your heart, write down what you see. Um, but what the pastor may be more concerned about is, you know, not only the spiritual aspects of it, so how does that, um, he's, he's kind of concerned about, okay, how is this going to affect my sheep? You know, how often are you going to dance? What's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? Or, or how is it going to feel to the congregation? Um, are you going to be blocking their view, if it, as it were? Are you going to, um, is somebody going to be required to open the door for you early? Do we have to have somebody there to, you know, stay late to lock the door after you finish practicing? Um, can the pastor might be thinking of access line? Can we trust you to you know, with the key where you can turn on the alarm and turn off the air, you know, um, that kind of thing. So he may be thinking, one, of what the sheep are going to think and, you know, how are they going to respond to it and that kind of thing. What's it going to look like in a service? Um, how often, when, what part, you know, how many times do you want to do presentation? You know, so kind of try to step in the pastor's shoes. After you write down your vision, write down what's in your heart, then try to put yourself in the pastor's shoes and pretend for a moment that this facility belongs to you and these sheep belong to you, that these, these people that are in the pews, you, you're responsible for their spiritual well-being. So looking at it from the pastor's perspective, um, try to you know, think of things that would you know, help him understand what to expect from the team, I guess. Um, so that's, I guess, what I would recommend. And just make it really simple. I wouldn't make it really long and long-winded. Um, <clears throat> you know, a few, several short paragraphs, even maybe with headings. Um, you know, the paragraphs might want to have headings because a very busy person doesn't want to read something that takes, like, three pages long. You know, that would probably go on a pile of to-do somewhere. <laughs> so... But if you had bullet points, you know, something that's concise and simple, um, he'd be more likely to read it. Um, so, anyhow. Pastor Lynn? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, this, is Carrie, this is Carrie Tyre. I just, um, I kind of just went through this a few months ago. Oh. Uh-huh. So, uh, what I did was I went to our church's website. Uh, we do have a church website. Um, uh-huh. Looked at the mission and purpose of our church. Oh, and. I worded it according to the, the mission and purpose of our church, um, which is, uh, you know, there's in different, in different areas. Uh, for example, the, um, the worship and arts ministry, um, mm-hmm. 
I took wording directly from there and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just different things from, from the website as far as the, you know, what's, what's already there. So I could mm-hmm. come in line with, you know, it's not me just wanting to impose uh, my own vision on this. I want to come into line with my church's vision and mission and how can dance help in that area? How can we further the gospel? Um, yes. For me, I'm uh, blessed because we have um, a pastor for worship and creative arts. And, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I specified in my proposal that I'm un- that we're going to be under his direction. I put down my goals. I put down possible venues, requirements, possible meeting activities, and things mm-hmm. like that. I it to one page. And mm-hmm. my pastor met with my lead pastor and my worship pastor, and they're both very pleased with it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just directly from... You know, if your church doesn't have a website, you can certainly, they probably have a mission and purpose and vision statement right. that mm-hmm. you can pull from. And uh, yeah. I think that helps the pastor to know that um, your heart is to come up alongside what yeah. the church is doing and, and just complement that and add to that. So. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, you know, I've, I've said that to people who are like joining a church or just coming into a new church and um you know finding out what is the heart and the vision of the of the church you know what is what's the pastor's heart you know how does he view or see or want um the arts or dance in the church and um see if your vision comes alongside theirs yeah that's that's excellent yeah um very good thank you for sharing that um okay I think this will probably be our last one. This is um, Francis West's question. We all bring a different gifting or perspective to a team, like choreographing or videotaping, sewing, etc. What do you do if a person on the team starts intruding on each and every area of the team's activities with a desire to lead everything? How can this be managed? Oh, my. Um, let's see. How about Dana? How would would you handle that if, you know, like you've got a nice team and everybody's got their gifting and they're doing really well in their their area of gifting, but you have this one person who wants to kind of, she says manage, she says it very nicely, but it's probably somebody who has issues of control and wants to kind of take over, you know, and lead everybody's activity. how would you kind of handle somebody like that? <laughs> Sit them down. No. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, I definitely um, really would, would pray um, and, and really ask the Lord for wisdom on how to approach them. Um, it, even though it it may... I guess it could appear that they want to be controlled and, and get their hands and everything. It, you know, they may just really be getting excited and, and just feeling this creative, I don't know, <laughs> boost. And they every time someone says something or does something, then they think of an idea or they think of, oh, you know, and they want to run right. with it. Yeah. And you know, you don't want to discourage that person because you don't want to discourage and, and put a damper on their creativity and just, you know, their their zeal and their zest for it. But you definitely have to talk with them um, because 
On the other hand, it's encroaching on everybody else. And, I mean, we can't just have, like, one person trying to, you know, like you said, like controlling just, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that. I mean, we want everybody's gift to flow and to shine. So I would definitely pray, ask the Lord for wisdom how to talk with him, and I would talk with him privately. I wouldn't, you know, try my best not to embarrass them. Um, and and ask them, you know, what are their gifts? You know, what do they really feel that the Lord has gifted them strongly in? You know, what can they, what is their strongest gift that they feel that they can bring? Um, like, oh, and give examples like, well, Sister Sally sews, you know, that's her strong gift. Mary Jane can choreograph. You know, what do you feel that God specifically wants you to contribute to this? Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, really- and and really start to encourage and guide them in that, and give them, you know, literature or whatever it is to kind of help them to see how you really want to support to them, and that they have something great to offer, just like everybody else. And we want to see you grow in this area, you know. But we, you know, I mean, that that's what comes to to my mind. Yeah. I mean, I know I personally <laughs> can get excited. Uh-huh. You sure. know, and the Lord has to pull me because sure. I'll see something and I'll hear something that someone is saying or doing it, and I'll get excited because right. I, I love it, and, and I'll just want to run and jump. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the Lord will have to pull me, you know, like, you right. need to calm down. <laughs> it's right, okay. right. You know, but it just, it does have to be dealt with, but, you know, with the right attitude and the right spirit with prayer. Exactly. I think that the person will understand that um, that they are valued. I think that's another thing. Maybe it could be yeah. that maybe they don't feel valued. Maybe they, uh-huh. you know, feel like they have to do this. You know, if, especially if they've gone or been to a place where their creativity has been blocked up. Right. And they mm-hmm. haven't had the opportunity. So then when they get into a place where there is liberty and freedom, uh-huh. then they just feel sometimes so excited and liberated that they just, I mean, let yeah. it all come out. <laughs> right. So uh-huh. it you just have to have that balance. Right. Exactly. No, that's that's true. Yeah. Not everybody that does that is controlling. They're, you know, <laughs> like you say, they could be just excited about it and want to share, or maybe they're very knowledgeable in a lot of mm-hmm. different areas, and it's hard for them to, you know, button their lip because they just want to share. <laughs> so, right. Right. Um, yeah. But that that's that's excellent. I like the idea of. Um, uh, you know, asking them what their strongest suit is, you know, what is their strongest um, thing that God's given them so that, um, you know, they can kind of flow with that and that would help, you know, keep them on track or whatever. So that's that's really good. Um, all right. I think, um, I think that's, we'll keep that as the last question and we'll not, we'll not have chat next week, but we'll have it the week after and um, we still have lots of questions. And I think I think in the directions page, you don't need a chat question. I know you don't need one for October, but I think you don't need one for September. Maybe maybe some. Well, y'all can look it up in your directions. Um, but uh, the reason that I didn't have questions to be sent in in October, and I think in September as well is because there's always an overflow of questions. And plus, I, I really want to hear from you all, like on that last chat, you know, like where you see God taking you and what is the vision he has for you. And, you know, maybe 
maybe even talk about what you gained from the school and things like that. You know, so we're going to have more of a sharing time on the last chat. Um, we did that last year, and it was so wonderful. I wish you could have heard from everybody because it was just so wonderful to hear everybody's, you know, vision and goals and things like that. Um, but we kind of did that in the beginning of the year in, in our introductory uploads, but this is a little different. This is more, you know, more so where you see God taking you and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to try to do that on our last chat. So, Pastor um, Lynn? Yes? Yeah, there, there is. This is there, uh, September. This is who? I'm sorry. September. This is well, I'm sorry to interrupt. There is a chat question listed for September. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right. Then it must be just October. Yeah, just October. You don't turn one in. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. okay. I was just double checking to see if you if we were needed to turn one in for September. Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, I've I've, I've got so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be just tempting Dr. to Lynn, say yes this is Dana you do have it scheduled for September just to let you know it, it is on the um, the schedule that there is a oh. chat for September oh I know we have an actual chat I, I meant the question to, the question oh okay it is yeah okay well um, yeah because we'll have two chats in October so hopefully if everybody just turns we'll have two chats in September and two chats in October. So hopefully all the September chat questions will be answered in September and then we'll have October free for the leftovers, the leftover questions. So um, if, if, if I look at the questions and it seems like I have too many and and I'll let everybody know on Facebook not to turn in a September question if that's the case. But I want to kind of evaluate it a little bit first. Um, like, let's see, when is the next chat? Let me just peek at it real quick. Pardon me speaking out loud. Yeah, see, it's the 30th. The 30th, we got a bunch of questions. Um, and then we've got September's questions. Huh. Boy, that's that's kind of tricky because then we're going to get even more towards the end of the month. Um, hmm. Let me give it a little thought and pray about it a bit. And if 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 there's not a September required check, then I'll let you know. So um, right now there's still a lot, but anyway. All right. Well, this has been a productive chat. This has been really good. Uh, it was so nice to hear from everybody. Um, and I look forward to hearing from you all on the 30th. And thank you for your prayers for uh, the North Dakota Conference as I prepare for that. I'm really excited about it. So keep up the good work. You guys are doing amazing, and I'm just really proud of you. Um, how about Chandra? Would you mind closing us out in prayer, please? Sure. Father, we just thank you, Father, for this day. For this is a day that you have made, and we shall indeed rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for the time that we had, Lord, discussing the questions, Lord, that were on our heart. We thank you for every participant that were on the call and everyone that gave of their hearts, Lord. We ask that you would continue to give us, each and every one of us, strength, 
Lord God, to continue on with doing well in the school. And even those who are needing help, Lord, help one of us reach out to others, Lord. And we thank you, Lord God, for Pastor Lynn. Continue to just watch and protect over her, giving her the strength that she needs to do all that she has, Lord God. Continue to give her the fortitude, Lord God, to continue on with new new and refreshing ideas, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for her strength and leading us and guiding us, Lord, and continue to give us strength, Lord God, as we continue on in this journey. And we thank you, we praise you, we glorify you, Lord. You are the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, God of this universe, and we just want to give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bless you all. Talk to you next time. Night. Bye. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.